if we say that we believe in God and that it is really in our own best interest to do as he says, then it should be almost automatic, the concept that we should just do as he says. If we believe in the God of the Bible and in his capabilities, then there should be no questioning him and that what should only matter to us is pleasing him. He is the only one that should really matter to us above all other things and people. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be explaining that we need to serve God in His order. Everything has a defined order and structure. There are no accidents, neither in this temporary reality, nor far less in the eternal and invisible realm. God created all things, whether people want to believe it or not. And if He created all things, then He would be our best source to know how they should work. It is in our own best interest to seek after the Lord and to do as He tells us to do. The devil has lies. The Lord is truth. Today's message is inspired on Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to chapter 6, verse 9. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Blessed Lord, Mighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, blessed are you, O Lord, forever and ever. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Heavenly Father, blessed are you. I pray in the name of Jesus, O God, that you please forgive my sins, forgive my wrongs, O Lord. Heavenly Father, please remember us always in your mercy and in your grace, Heavenly Father, because only by your mercy and your grace is that we are still alive. And also, Lord God, have the possibility, have the opportunity through Jesus Christ to have eternal life. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your guidance. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, for humble hearts. I pray, O Lord God, that we might always remember that you have made all things and that we need to follow you. That we need, Lord God, Heavenly Father, to understand the things that you want us to understand and to do the things that you want us to do. For our own good, Lord God, blessed be your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We'll be reading today from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, to chapter 6, verse 9. This is the word of the Lord. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
Honor your father and mother, which is a first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service, as men-pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing good service, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. If we look at creation, there is an amazing order and design. Everything has its place from the infinity of space and cosmic bodies to the things that are invisible to the naked eye. Every single thing has a place and purpose. And our existence as a race depends on that precision. For instance, the earth and the sun keep a precise distance from each other, and that is how we have seasons and day and night. We can say quite confidently that the earth has consistent temperatures throughout the year with some minor fluctuations here and there, but in general, there is order. God is a God of order, and God also teaches that same order in our human relationships. Why is that necessary? For the same reason everything else has their order and structure, because of survival. So things can work as designed, even in a sin-ridden and fallen world. The Lord is a God that brings order and structure to our lives. We need to bear in mind that God made everything, and as the maker and creator of all things, He knows how everything should work. For instance, there are many kinds of cars, and in today's market, there are gas-powered, diesel-powered, hybrid gas-electric, and full-electric. And the different car companies that make cars have an instruction manual that explains how to operate the vehicles and what the maintenance should be to ensure that buyers get the most use out of their vehicles. Car designers and engineers design vehicles and they know what is the best care and maintenance for their vehicles. There are people that customize their cars to either better their appearances or to enhance their performance. But car companies usually warn against modifications because these modifications may not allow for the car to perform as designed and longevity may be affected. Just like doing certain unexpected things with cars may also affect their operation. Like, it's not a good idea to treat a car like a boat. An automobile was made for road travel and not for travel through the Atlantic Ocean. At the same time, if you have a gas-powered vehicle, it is not a good idea to put water in the gas tank. Just like it's not a good idea to attempt to put gasoline in a full electric automobile. You would basically need to pour gasoline on the car if you felt so inclined to do so because there is no place to formally introduce gasoline into an electric car. Are you starting to understand the point? Similar to cars that many people purchase, lease, or rent, we are not very different. God made us a certain way. We were made to work a certain way. And if we as people want to work, if you will, or to our full potential, it would be in our own best interest to follow the instructions our Creator gave us so we can live to our greatest potential, to function the way we are intended to function. We can understand that concept with inanimate objects, things that are less valuable than us, like how we treat our automobiles and trucks, our appliances, our homes, and so many other things. 
But yet as people, we struggle with the concept that we were created and made to work a certain way, under certain parameters. We treat our flat screen TVs the way they need to be treated, but not ourselves. I don't think a person that works hard to make a living and has probably been saving for a long time to buy themselves that larger TV they have always wanted to make that same TV and put it in their car and drive over to the nearest bridge and just throw it over the rail to see if their beautiful flat screen TV has the potential to fly or glide. I know everything is possible in this day and age, but something like this is highly unlikely. Yet we as people show care to things like this but expect for our own person to work just as well if we do things against our very design. And herein lies the problem. Sin and Satan attempt to break with what God has established, with the order of things, with the way we were made to work. God tells us that we should do and how we should live out our lives to realize our greatest potential. But we think that things for us will work just as well if we choose to do things our way in a manner that is inconsistent with the way we were designed. For instance, God created the family, starting with marriage. God made man. And then, because he saw that there was no comparable helper for man in everything else created, God then made the woman so that man would not be alone. This was how the first marriage was created. Yet in today's society, we have people that think very differently and that things will work just as well if they go along with whatever they want or feel. But that's not the way we were made. So doing things differently go against our very nature. There is a lot of confusion out there or rebellion, which is a better explanation of what is happening today with the identity of people. We have the whole gender and sexuality crisis in our society now, all in an effort to do away with what God created and how it should all work. And so the family and the roles of people within the family are being redefined. We have been having the issue now for a while where society is telling parents how children should be raised and what can or cannot be done with them. Schools are programming children to whatever the curriculum is dictating. Most of our U.S. schools across the country, society is attempting to impose ideology and morality within the home, all for the sake of control and conformance. Society is ultimately trying to take the position of God where it dictates what a man should do, what a woman should do, what marriage should be like, what children should do, ultimately redefining and reinventing something that fits today's parameters and not God's intentions. Society today is anti-creation and pro-evolution or pro-accident, if you will. According to modern day science, we're all the product of a cosmic accident and that God is a myth or a legend or a superstitious concept for the uneducated. That's the world we live in today. Yet in the atheistic society we live in today, the big offer they provide for us to believe is that you and I are an accident and that there is no heaven or hell, and to live life the way you want to because there is no future for you after you die. Your destiny, according to the educated of the world, is to wind up in a hole somewhere or cremated where only ashes of you are left, and that's it. That is the reward they give you. That is the hope that atheism offers you. That's all there is. Is it then any wonder why many members of society are losing their minds, reliant on legal and illegal substances to just get by, to live out the few years they have on this earth to just live in a haze, if you will? 
Can you imagine living in such a way that the only hope that society gives people now is whatever they can achieve here and now, and that's it? And so every single person has to make a choice to either believe that this is all there will ever be, or that there is something else greater and eternal, something that is beyond this visible and decaying world. And with that, a decision needs to be made, that if there is a God, and that there is a heaven, and that whatever he says is true and good, then that it is in our own best interest to follow his instructions, not just for the temporary benefit, but more importantly, for the eternal benefit, for immortality. This is the greatest decision a person could ever make. Is society telling us the truth of our existence, or is God telling us the truth? And with this, we always go back to the very beginning with Adam and Eve. God told mankind that they would die if we disobey him, not as punishment, but just as a revelation of truth and consequence. God gives us instructions for our own good. This is what most people don't want to believe and or understand. God tells us what to do for our own good. You see, God does not lose anything if we choose to disobey. God is unaffected by man's decisions. He would want for all of mankind to come to the knowledge of salvation because he loves us. But at the same time, if people choose to not believe in him and in what he says, his person within himself remains completely unaffected. He doesn't stop being God if people choose not to believe in him. And of course, rebelling against God, against his instruction, will only bring about eternal destruction and perdition to a person as a natural consequence. God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves to hell out of their own free will by choosing to dismiss and reject the very person and things that can give them eternal life. So having said all of that, if we say that we believe in God and that it is really in our own best interest to do as he says, then it should be almost automatic, the concept that we should just do as he says. If we believe in the God of the Bible and in his capabilities, then there should be no questioning him and that what should only matter to us is pleasing him. He is the only one that should really matter to us above all other things and people. God should be our first priority. And so how do we practically do God's will, especially if the Bible says that we need to do the Father's will to enter the kingdom of heaven? How do we make everything we do count toward eternity? We are to follow and do what we need to within the limits of keeping God first. Colossians chapter 3 also reiterates what we read at the beginning where it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service, as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. We need to do everything as our service to the Lord, just like it says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. 
When husbands love their wives and wives submit to their husbands and children obey their parents, honoring them like the commandment says, and parents raise their children in the care and discipline of the Lord, and servants or workers obey their masters or bosses and or supervisors, and masters or bosses and supervisors do what they need to do, that everyone does things right, not for the sake of the person, but for the Lord as to the Lord. And so that changes everything. The focus is no longer people, but rather God. And that is how we make everything we do count towards eternity, by keeping God first in all of our relationships, knowing that we will all give an account before the Lord God Almighty, being fully aware that we will either receive reward for doing what is right before his eyes, and also realizing that if we do wrong, that we too will receive those consequences. When we put things into this perspective, and we really start caring about God's views, about God's opinion, and about how it all works with the world around us. That's what many people miss. Many people think that the only way to serve God is to leave and or abandon everything and do something religious. But that is not exactly what the Bible teaches. We are to follow what God tells us to do and where he tells us to be. He may ask us to let go of certain things, certainly starting with the things we are doing wrong and those things that interfere with his will for us. But God may want to keep you in the job you have and for you to serve him through that job, to be a witness there, to shine in the place you are. The Bible says that we need to be salt and light wherever we are. We need to be salt and light as spouses, as parents, as children, as workers, as supervisors, and so on. That's how you make your time at work count towards the kingdom of God. That's how you make your relationships work for the kingdom of God. When we do things as to the Lord, thinking about what he would want for us to do and how to do things, we are honoring the Lord. Now, does that mean that if, for instance, my boss or my husband and or wife try to force me to do something that clearly goes against what God teaches, that I should do it anyways in order to preserve the relationship? And the answer is no. And that is where a hard and respectful line should be drawn, if you will. The only time we need to break with the structure is when it interferes with the first commandment, which is loving God above all things. We need to love the Lord above all things. For instance, Matthew chapter 22 says, when they asked Jesus, they said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. We are to preserve and take care of all of our relationships and to do the best we can as to the Lord, but never at the expense of directly disobeying God and are going against what he teaches. If a supervisor or a boss tells me to do something that goes against God, I should not do that thing he or she is asking me to do. If a wife or husband compels the other to do something that goes against the Lord, the party compelled to do so should not follow down that path. If a child tries to compel the parents to do things that go against godly principles, the parents should never give in. See how that all works? Now, in all things, we need to seek the direction of the Lord prayerfully through our relationship with Him, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the Word. Not all answers are automatic, if you will. We should always seek his counsel, especially when at the crossroads with relationships, so we are able to make wise decisions. 
It is never good to react quickly. We need to meditate on things and make careful decisions. And this is the main principle in all of this order that God teaches, that we are to keep Him first, that we are to look for His guidance. Ultimately, that we need to treat Him as Lord, which is the very condition of our salvation. Is Jesus our Savior? Is He our healer? Is He our provider? Yes, to all those things. But above everything, He needs to be Lord, our Master, the one that guides our every step. For it is written, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you see, acknowledging Jesus as Lord is a condition for salvation, and treating Him as our literal Lord by doing the Father's will is also a condition for abiding in Him to maintain that salvation. It is a requirement for Jesus to be treated as our literal and effective Lord all of the time. Jesus should be our Lord in all of our relationships, and in a divine Lord-servant relationship, the servant always needs to do as his Lord says, as much as possible especially if we're looking to please Him. And we need to make sure that we are pleasing Him, for it is also written, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what He has done, whether good or bad. And so if we truly want to be blessed, if we want to please God and do what is right before His eyes so that we can stand confidently with Christ in the day of judgment, then it is in our own best interest to protect and uphold the order God has established for us and to bring Him glory in all of that by doing His will. God is a God of order and we need to support that order as part of our service to Him. Everything was made by God through the person of Jesus Christ. Everything exists and works the way they do because God established that order, both the temporary and the eternal. And as the creator of all things, he knows how everything should work. And if he knows how everything should work, then he would be the best to tell us how to do things. Common sense and logic are good things to have when understanding the things of God. The Lord tells us that we need to be like children to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so if we need to be childlike in our abilities, then things cannot be so complicated. They should really be easy to understand. And so here is the concept. God made everything, including us. So no one knows more about us and everything else like God. And so it is in our own best interest to just do as he says. But if a person chooses to rebel against what God teaches, to do against his instruction to us, then they are choosing to go against nature, against what God has established. They're ultimately not just sinning against God, but against themselves. When a person chooses to dismiss and reject God's teaching, they're ultimately causing themselves harm. Things may seem right and fine at the moment when rebelling against the Lord, but the concern should not be just for this very temporary and superficial world. This will all pass someday. The problem 
is that when a person chooses to go against what is established, that they are ultimately impacting their chances in having immortality. They are doing away with living forever. When we choose to obey the Lord, we are choosing for eternal life, for eternal reward. If a person chooses to disobey the Lord, then can there be eternal life and reward? Absolutely not. We live in a conditional universe. That's the structure, whether people want to accept it or not. Accepting or not accepting things as people does not impact reality and its structure. The structure is set. These are immovable things. Just because atheists and or rebellious people choose to think and or believe something does not change the reality that God is God and that we are all subject to the structure He has created. And so, does it even make sense to go against things that are only for your own good and protection? We already have the example through our ancestors, through Adam and Eve. God told them to not do something for their own good. And they went ahead and did it anyways, believing a lesser being, the devil. And how did that turn out for them? Do you like destruction? Do you like sickness and disease? Do you like war and chaos? Do you like the fact that you will die someday? Well, all of that is because sin was introduced through disobeying God. And so if you like destruction, chaos, and hell, then keep obeying sin and disobeying the God that puts life before us. But if you want eternal life and eternal reward, then choose to obey the Lord because He is the only one that can give these things. It's ultimately your choice. But if you choose wrongly, don't complain about the consequences, especially when standing judgment on the day where every single person will give an account and will receive according to their actions, whether good or evil. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you, O Lord, because you are a God of love, because you care about us, and that's why you give us the instruction. That's why you give us the guidance through your word, through your Holy Spirit, so that we can live, so that we can have eternal life. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that all you want is our good, our benefit, our eternal benefit, Lord God. You want for man to be immortal, Lord God, to have eternal life, to have a beginning with no end. That is your will. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that. Help us to understand that you all you want is just to give us life. That's why you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that we could be saved, Lord God. Help us to understand that when we obey you, we are taking in life. We are resurrecting our soul from death to life through Jesus Christ. Help us, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, that Lord God, to understand that when we rebel against you, we're only hurting ourselves and also all of those around us. Lord God, I give you thanks because you love us. Heavenly Father, have mercy on us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.